Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, it's Kyle Meredith from the Kyle Meredith With Podcast. After 15 years of reporting on your favorite pop culture, Consequence of Sound is relaunching as simply Consequence. And they're kicking off this new era with a fresh rebrand and a newly designed website. The rebrand more accurately represents Consequence expanded coverage scope, which now includes music, film, and TV, as well as heavy Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. With a focus on optimal usability across desktop and mobile devices, the new website offers readers a sleek, fast-loading experience that's easy to navigate. Further, a new premium members section will offer features such as a customizable homepage, desktop and mobile notifications for your favorite artists, an ad-free experience, access to exclusive giveaways, and other unique content. So what are you waiting for? Head to Consequence.net for your pop culture needs in both the mainstream and the underground. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Thank <laughs> you. 
Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK and WFPK.org, Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, thanks so much for uh, making your way here, checking out this series and this episode. Um, hopefully, hopefully you like what you hear enough to subscribe to the series. Uh, I do three interviews every single week, brand new ones every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists, discover some new ones, know what's happening in the music world. And you can find us at all the usual spots, including iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, I'm hanging out with Arlo Parks. We're catching up to talk about her debut album, Collapsed in Sunbeams. And we're going to get into uh, everything about this record, her love of poetry, uh, the role that hope plays in the concept. She's also going to dissect the uh, pop culture she that, that we hear in her lyrics, uh, like uh, like Twin Peaks is referenced in uh, in one of her songs, uh, Hurt specifically. Uh, she'll examine the nostalgia that you actually hear throughout it uh, beyond Twin Peaks. In fact, she talks about having a nostalgia for a time that she didn't even live in, uh, taking heavy inspiration from the 90s. In fact, Arlo Parks recently covered Radiohead's Creep, and she's a huge Radiohead fan, so I definitely want to talk about that. She'll tell us about her favorite Radiohead albums and so much more. Let's do this and discuss Collapsed in Sunbeams. It's Kyle Meredith with Arlo Parks. Hi. I've become such a big fan, I think, as so much of the world has, of the music that you've been doing over just the last couple of years. I mean, this is... This is kind of still a, a new story. Does it? Do you feel like you've gotten a grasp, control on this yet? Uh, I mean, definitely not. I feel like I'm still a little bit overwhelmed by everything that's happening, but in the best way. You know, I didn't expect any of this to happen, so I'm just kind of enjoying the ride for now, I guess. I guess that's the best way to do it if you're not expecting it. Well, it has uh, resulted uh, th- thus far into uh, this amazing record called Collapsed in Sunbeams. And, you know, I, I want to talk about the music on it. I want to talk about the words in it. They're, the latest single, I thought, is a good place to start because the latest single from this record is called Hope. And that seems to be maybe like the thesis of the album as a listener that, that I take from it anyway. Um, if that's the case, like, I don't know, did you imagine sort of a, a theme is the generic term for this, but like a through line from front to back for this record? Honestly, no. Like, I very much wrote the album on a song by song basis, um, just based off of like instinct and intuition and however I was feeling that day. But then, you know, upon reflection, having finished those songs, I did realize that that idea of hope and finding, you know, light at the end of the tunnel was kind of at the core of it all. So, I'd kind of be interested to hear what hope, what the role hope plays in this, because we obviously have all been living the same past year, past few years, even beyond 2020, the way it's been going. And I think hope um, in the broad sense, we, we know what that means, but I think it can mean specific things. What, what does it mean for you in this instance? I think for me, it's just that kind of knowledge that things can change for the better. I think that especially in times like these, as you say, being an optimist, you know, is, <laughs> is, is pretty hard, but I think that it's something that's important to be it's important to actively be like there is light at the end of the tunnel pain either changes or ends it's a lot of different things for me and I think you know throughout my life the meaning has changed but it's always that idea of light that's what I picture finding the light in things when you're writing these do you feel like you're writing them for an audience or is this are you trying to talk yourself into the optimism yeah I, I definitely feel like it's almost like I'm talking to myself or maybe talking to a friend you know, I think that a lot of the choruses um, in this album are kind of like little mantras that I tell myself. 
Well, you're, of course, such a great writer. I, I'm not the first one to tell you that, especially with the lyrics. And I know you come from, I guess you come from a poetry background. What come first for you? Was it poetry or was it lyrics? I was poetry. So I started off writing short stories when I was like seven or eight. And then that evolved into poetry when I was a little bit older. And then I got to lyrics. So it was always very much writing at the forefront. of What attracted you to that style? Uh, the style of lyrics, do you mean? I, I guess I mean the poetry in itself, because that's poetry isn't uh, for everyone. I think everyone can appreciate it, but it, you know, you, not everyone is attracted to it in that same way. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when I learned poetry at school, there was a sense of op opacity to it. Like I didn't feel like I could connect to it. And then I found poets who approach poetry in a way that was a lot more free, a lot more experimental, a lot more raw. And I think that the ability for poetry to elicit emotion in so few words is what attracted me to it. And then putting that in the song, like I would love to hear about that process because, you know, many people will tell you, uh, as you probably obviously know, poems don't necessarily make lyrics. Lyrics don't always make poems, but you found a way to kind of marry the two. What, what is that process like? And is, it, is there a challenge there? Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, for me, lyrics are a lot more, there's a lot more structure to it. It's a little bit more of a narrow process because, you know, with a poem, I can ramble on for pages and pages, but in a song, you know, you've got to encapsulate a whole story in a few lines. Um, and so I think for me, I don't know, it happens quite organically. Like I just write a lot of poems and then I'll hear a chord progression or a beat and I'll be like, oh, that reminds me of like the poem that I wrote last night, whatever. And then I just pick out phrases that I like and just try and beat it into shape in a way, yeah. Well, I guess there's a, we get to see a little bit of that process with uh, what you did with Spotify, because if you follow the stories on Spotify, every single song you say, and here's a poem, I don't know, that inspired the song or that relates to the song or reminds you of the song, like, are those poems directly part of those songs? Um, I mean, they're part of longer poems that contained at least one of the phrases that I later used in the songs. It's, it's such an interesting way of, uh, I say again, as a as a listener of having a relationship um, with a song like that, because I mean, my favorite songs are the ones you can dig deeper on, the ones that there's, you know, not like a game per se, but uh, that you can, okay, here's the song, but guess what? There's another door behind that door. Yeah, 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 no, I definitely agree with that. And then, of course, you'll find these little moments, and there are a few of them on Collapse and Sunbeams, um, where you reference pop culture. And that's that's definitely a magnet, because it's something that we all relate to. One of the first times, you know, with Hertz, uh, you bring up Twin Peaks. And, and I, so I, at first I wonder, like, did anything specifically lead that to, to getting in the song? Because you're talking about someone else watching it, right? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's all about, like, whenever I'm referencing something, it's either, like, an artist that reminds me of that person or something that I was actually watching at the time or something that they were watching at the time because all the characters are people that I know. Um, and, you know, a lot of the time I'm writing about myself too, but it's always rooted in reality. With that one specifically, I'll say Twin Peaks, of course, conjures a very specific mood. I mean, uh, mm. dark, weird, off-center, great, beautiful, all of these things. Do you have moods in mind when you're writing these songs? And I guess specifically with this album, was there, you know, was there a, a color palette, a mental color palette or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I guess the colors of, of nostalgia. I think there are a lot of like pastels, there are a lot of kind of oranges, yellow, reds. I mean, as cheesy as it sounds, you know, a sunset um, and, and the kind of that sense of warmth and innocence. And, you know, there were definitely moods that were carried in, in specific songs more so than others, like Portrait 400 to me, that was a sense of euphoria, a sense of 
coming coming through the the other end of something very difficult um but then a song like Caroline was more that explosive sense of loss and I definitely think about songs very visually. Yeah, nostalgia is interesting because nostalgia doesn't necessarily mean memories. You know, nostalgia is that there's that pull. What what is it that what is the nostalgia for you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's exactly that. The way that I see it is that that gravitation to things that exist in the past and and even, you know, I I was experiencing nostalgia for for things that I haven't hadn't even lived or or for conversations that I wish that I'd had and all that weirdness so I found it interesting to examine um that theme for sure yeah that's um something I've noticed as I got older that I, it was it was almost like a struggle I don't want to say I'm struggling with it but it was almost like a struggle because you don't want to let the past keep pulling you and pulling you but at the mm. same, because, you know, for me, I, I wanted to, to, of course, push forward. But uh, what is your relationship with that? I mean, do you allow yourself just to kind of splash into that water for a while? I think it's 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 always about balance, right? Like you want to live in a way that you're kind of aware of, of the past and of the lessons that you've learned and of where you've been, but not living solely in there. But I allow myself to splash a little bit, you know, to process and yeah. Cause it's, cause it's fun sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I say I, I'm surrounded by it around me, you know, I've got Ren and Stimpy mm. and, and everything over here. I'm actually over it. You can't see it on my screen, but um, over my, my computer here is a, a huge kid, a Radiohead poster. Mm. And it was so awesome to find out that I guess you're, you're a very big Radiohead fan and you went on to cover creep, which I think as a Radiohead fan myself and, and knowing others, there, we know about the complicated relationship of that song and the band because it was such a hit. Yeah. Why did you want to cover that one? I think because although, as you say, it's something that seems quite fraught when it comes to that band, I have always found there to be something extremely beautiful in the lyrics. Like I remember hearing that song for the first time. And just being so struck by the simplicity of it. You know, when you were here before, I couldn't look you in the eye. It's like, there's something so striking about the way that he delivers the lines. And I wanted to strip it all the way down to a piano because it allowed those lyrics to really breathe and the story to be at the forefront of everything. I heard that song hundreds, maybe thousands of times in my life. It wasn't until your version that I started thinking about it in a different way for the first time, because it's very easy to center in on the big hook. You know, I'm a creep, mm. uh, et cetera. Uh, when I was listening to your version, I started thinking specifically of that line, I don't belong here. And it's almost a song of imposter syndrome to me suddenly, you know, mm. in the way that changes. But it, it, it I don't know, it, it sort of fits in with this album, I guess, with what you're talking about. Is, it, is that how you heard it as well? Yeah, I would say so. I think that sense of, you know, especially when you're coming of age, um, that idea of wanting to be cool, of wanting to fit in, of wanting to just kind of be within the mold and and that idea of sometimes feeling inadequate or sometimes feeling like you know you're not enough and examining those feelings and examining how one moves past those feelings and gets to a place where you feel like you belong in yourself and in the space that you're in so it's definitely about that journey before i knew about uh, about you even liking the band and i was listening to the record it was probably when i first heard eugene um there is, I don't know, it's a guitar or whatever that's very reminiscent of. And I thought, oh, once I found out, you know, that you like the band, I thought, I wonder if, I'm just going to take a guess that In Rainbows was kind of your Radiohead awakening. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. I mean, In Rainbows is, is definitely my favorite. I think, yeah. I mean, Kid A is kind of a close 
second, but I think in rainbows sonically, just everything about it, I'm I absolutely love. But you don't impersonate them. Like I don't get that sense. Was there a point when you realized as you as you were becoming a musician that you were finding your voice and style? I guess when I I guess when I first wrote, well, when I wrote Cola, that was a big moment for me. But I still don't feel like I found it. I still feel like I'm kind of, you know, on the journey of, of getting to my sound. And I don't even know if I ever will. I think that, you know, there were definitely certain things that were in line with my taste. You know, I was like, I love crunchy drums. I like singing in this kind of delicate fashion. I like poetry. I like these melodies. But I don't know if I'll ever kind of feel like I'm in, I've, I've, I'm not going to grow any further beyond the sound that I found, if that makes sense. I feel like I'm always moving. I'm glad you brought up the drums because the drums are so good on this record. <laughs> I love the sound. Of, it <laughs> does you. remind me of, um, you know, there was a, back in the 90s, there was a jazz rebirth where, you know, all of these, I guess we just called them at the time, alternative musicians were really, hip hop musicians too, were sampling jazz in, in all the songs. Was that, I mean, was that your part of your vision, what the drums sounded like on this record? And where did that come from? Yeah, I mean, the 90s is definitely a decade that inspired this record a lot. Like when I think about the records that came out during that decade, it's like a lot of the most important records to me. Like everything from, you know, TLC, Crazy Sexy Cool to like Either or by Elliot Smith, like everything, <laughs> everything great was coming out during that period of time. And yeah, I was taking reference from hip hop. I was taking reference from trip hop as well. So from like Portishead and Massive Attack basically just from everywhere and just trying many different drum sounds until I got it right. Yeah, trip hop I always thought was the unsung hero of that decade. And I've been so happy that artists are embracing that again because just what a cool sound. It's not a question. It's Very just cool. a, <laughs> I don't have anything to go along with it. Um, <laughs> there, there, is a, there is something that you said before about you know the way you write that I, I certainly really appreciate that you make these hyper specific moments universal it's very easy just for an artist to try to make the universal statement and it just becomes sort of nothing. Like mm. what's, what, what do you, how do you do that yourself? And, and is that a process of rewriting and rewriting? I mean, when do you know it's too specific or is that even a thing? I feel like it's not even a thing to me. I think that it's something that I almost do unconsciously because, you know, for example, when I wrote Eugene, that was like the most specific song in the world to me. I was like, no one is going to understand what I'm on about you know, down to like the dream and amethyst and all this stuff. And and it felt like I was speaking about, yeah, just like a very, a very narrow snapshot in time of my life. And then it became this thing that people were saying they felt represented by. So I feel like, honestly, I don't really, I don't try really hard to kind of, you know, force these platitudes on people and hope that everyone connects to it because I think that can be kind of empty. I think it's more just about, you know, doing it and then hoping that it's it's universal. And if it's not, then, you know, I, I still enjoyed writing the song, you know. It's definitely proven to be. I mean, I relate with those specific moments way more than I really relate to, you know, the, the big swooping things. Uh, <laughs> I'll quickly wrap up in just saying, you know, do you know what comes next? Like, did I read this right? You're, you're multilingual, right? Do you speak French as well? Yeah. Like, yeah. Do, do you write music in French? Is that something that you're going to be trying in the future? Yeah, it's something I definitely want to try. I haven't done it that much yet. I feel like maybe I need to read a little bit more because, you know, I'm, I'm conversational, but writing lyrics is is something that I haven't explored yet, but I want to. How 
easy, not the actual translation, but how easy it is to translate the way you write poetically within French or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll have to give it a go for sure. As far as the rest of the year, I mean, I know touring maybe everybody's maybe or whatever, but do you know what the rest of the year looks like for you right now? Yeah, I mean, there are definitely, you know, there's there's dates set up in the US um, and in Europe um, and the UK as well. And some festivals, hopefully, you know, in August, September in, in the UK and in Europe. But as you say, it's all a question, it's a waiting game, right? I'll be, I know that I'll be able to like do it eventually at some point in my life, <laughs> which is fine by me, um, but fingers crossed it's soon. Yeah, just that timing of everything because you were just getting started. I mean, the first shows had happened just what, the year before something like this, here comes and mm. then. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, at least you put out some amazing music. I cannot compliment you enough on Collapsed in Sunbeams. Arlo Parks, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it today. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, take care. And uh, I can't wait till we can catch the live show. We'll see you around. Yeah, man, fingers crossed. All right, All right bye. Bye-bye. My thanks to Arlo Parks. The uh, record is called Collapsed in Sunbeams. Thanks to you for checking out this episode. Please do hit that subscribe button before you get out of here. Again, you can find us at any place you like to get podcasts from. That does include iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, YouTube for the video version of this if you'd like to watch it. And then after that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. Again, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. I'm also over on TikTok at Kyle Meredith 81 And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.